0: Joining me again on the show for the second, actually the third time, is my guest Tim Hughes. Tim is the UK-based founder and partner of Digital Leadership Associates, a social digital transformation agency. He is one of the leading experts on social selling and author of a great new book titled Social Selling, Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers. Tim was previously on Accelerate in episode 157, The Five Pillars of Social Selling to Re-Energize Your Pipeline. I urge people to go
1: back and check that out. Tim, welcome to Accelerate. Hi, Andy. It's great to have me back. Yeah, uh, the the um, the five pillars was one of your top, most listened to social selling podcasts. It if was, I
0: it was. Yes, people people really enjoyed the content there. So, yeah, I,
1: I have really good feedback. So, I appreciate that you asking me back. I'm really excited to talk well, okay, to you. Again. Well, okay.
0: Well, we've, we've you've just set a high bar for yourself. High bar for yourself for today. So, <laughs> no pressure. So, here we go. So maybe for people that, that haven't listened to one of the previous episodes, just briefly introduce yourself again.
1: Yeah, okay, so I'm a um, salesman. I've been in sales for 27 years. I got into social about seven years ago and have been on a very long journey with, with, with social. Um, I started a blog two, three years ago um, and I was part of a social selling, well, I was actually part of a sales transformation program at a very large U.S. software company. And um, that included – basically, the company was moving from an on-premise model to a cloud model. So, we went through and changed the way that people sold. Part of that included a social selling program, of which I started writing about, which, where we talked about the five-step uh, methodology. And then I then wrote the book, Social Selling Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers. Um, I'm Timothy underscore Hughes on Twitter, and I've got about 155,000 followers.
0: All right. So a few people think you're an expert, um, and so, so really, what was the impetus for for writing the book? You know, this at this point, because yeah, this is a field where, gosh, it seems like as soon as you write something, it's maybe even obsolete. But but you were a little more, at least, you know, based on my reading of it so far, is, is looking out toward the future a bit. <laughs>
1: Yes, I, I, I was talking to my co-author, Matt, in, in, a, um, in a coffee bar in, in London, and we were kind of fed up with a lot of the discussion about social selling, which was about uh, LinkedIn and having a biocentric profile, all important stuff. And what we wanted to do was really take the narr- narrative forward. And sort of say, well, this is okay. So you've now got your, you've now got a Twitter profile. You've now set yourself up on LinkedIn. What do you need to do now? And really, that's the, where we we decided to write the book, and we talk about how you can create, um, how you can create your own community, how you can create your own influence. There's a so, there's a social media um, maturity model, and really, it's about how organisations um, can take social selling. And kind of break out of it as social selling as a tool, but think about social selling as a strategy across the organization. And we deliberately wrote the book as a way of um, – I would always recommend people buy the book, not the Kindle. Because we want it to be one of those it's – a, it's a book that you want to get off the shelf and you read it and then get it off the shelf and, and go back to something. And it's really a sort of like a workbook that you work to. Mm-hmm. Which –
0: I mean that, for those who are Kindle readers, I have the Kindle version. <laughs> I'm enjoying it on Kindle. Uh, I, I actually, you know, I, I, have a, I can carry my whole archive around with me. That's the nice thing I love about my uh, well, actually it's all on my iPad, but you know if I need to go back to a book, it's right there. So one of the things that, that really sort of struck me is, as you go through the book is, and especially in the beginning is the layouts sort are of the framework of what social selling is becoming. And the influence it's had on both sides of the the selling and the buying equation is that yeah, are we at that point where we can sort of say, look, yeah, we can drop this whole social uh, moniker because this really just becomes an integral part of selling. I mean, you, you can't do without it at this point.
1: I I'd agree, Andy, and and really, I think that we now talk so selling is social selling, uh, but there are. I mean, I was at a conference even, um, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, which was actually at LinkedIn's offices in London. And and somebody asked the question, you know, can you tell me somebody who's actually getting, you know, some sort of ROI from this social stuff? And, um, and it was one of those things where you, you, you even know, because probably because we're in the industry and we talk about this stuff all the time, we kind of think it's, it everybody's doing it, but 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 everybody isn't doing it. And I would still say that the greater majority of people still aren't using social and are still or they're, what they're doing is that they're just, you know, we did some LinkedIn training the other week and um, the people said to us we've, we've just never had LinkedIn training like that before because we just thought you just had to put your LinkedIn profile up and it was ticks and boxes and that was it. And I went through with them about how you should be using LinkedIn to get competitive advantage. So we talk about, in, in our training, about how to get inbound. And that's really the way that we see um, the measure of, of of LinkedIn and whether it's working for you. Or social selling, whether it's working for you. It's generating inbound leads for you. Y- y- yes, yes. So, I mean, I, there was a um, discussion today on, on LinkedIn, which I, I decided not to get involved in because I, I get a bit too passionate and um which was about SSI school <laughs> yes. uh, and 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 you know someone said you know I've got this SSI score of this it's like well you know you, you need to get away from your computer screen and go and do some selling because the you know SSI schools don't pay the rent. Um, but you can use your, um, you can use your LinkedIn and your social selling and your social profile as a way that people can find you, um, and you should be getting inbound from that. And of course, as a salesman, every inbound I get, I don't have to make an outbound, do I?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, that, well, don't say that to some people. That's that's heresy. <laughs> well, I know it is. I, I was I was reading a, a, an article on LinkedIn today about you know the fact that you should be making outbound and you should be making outbound. You know, you you, you you know, you you shouldn't stop picking up the phone and ringing people. Um, that that's not the point of social. Social is just a, you know another channel. But you should be thinking it as a, as a as a way of, of really driving out there into the market and getting people to find you and owning the territory. You know, when when before social started, when when you know, I owned my territory. I knew everything that was going on. I knew everybody, and and I knew you know if a competitor came in, I knew that that competitor came in and I did a whole load of things to make sure that competitor left. Um, and, um, and all I've done is I've kind of taken that and I've put that in on, online. And that's really what the book is about, is how I've taken that, that whole selling as I used to do it and, and, and now how you can sell but, but do it online and kind of the modern way of selling. Well, talk about the modern way
0: of selling. So one of the concepts and premises of the book is that the modern sales model is broken. Yes. Yeah. You know, that. That. I mean, your contention is that, hey, we've sort of merrily sailing along for the last. I well, use you, you use fifty years. I tend to. I look at it sort of one hundred and thirty years that things fundamentally hadn't changed since uh, uh, the guy at National Cash Register sort of pioneered with Tom Watson pioneered the modern sales organization at least in the U.S. And you're saying now it's it's changed
1: forever. Yes. Yeah, so I was um, very lucky to have a call yesterday with uh, Brent. Adamson, who is the mm-hmm. co-author of the Sales Challenger and uh, works for the research organization CEB. Um, and they're the people that came up with this this figure of, of the fact that people have gone through or buyers are going through a process of actually evaluating and doing research online before they interact with a salesperson. And their latest research says it's about 57%. Fifty seven percent what? So so people are going about fifty percent fifty seven percent of the way through the sales cycle before they contact a salesperson.
0: Which which still remains hugely contentious because it, it, you know you have serious decisions and others coming out with their their research saying, you know, BS, you know, it's ground zero for most prospects. You know, they don't they're not even aware of the opportunities until sales rep proactively reaches out and touches them.
1: Well, yes. So, um, in, so actually in, in the bonus in, with my book, there is some bonus material, um, which is available on the Kogan page website. And in that I talk about the, what I, what I talk about is a, is a relationship funnel. So if you think about the classic sales funnel, which is you've got loads of stuff and and it's at 0% and then your sales manager says, well, how, why haven't you moved that to 10%? And then you drive that down and you, you close that deal and, and, you know, sales move, you know, get qualified out and then some fall by the wayside. But ultimately you're closing something at the bottom. If you're seeing that as base as your area that you're going to sell into, things won't have changed for you because, uh, at that point, people are coming to you and saying, you know, let's engage. And what will usually happen is that you'll be on a short list of three. So if you're somebody that says, um, you know, I'm I'm always on this short list of three with these two others, then you're not getting to the deals fast enough. And that's where social can help you, because you need to break out of the, the classic sales funnel because all that happens is you'll you'll compete with the usual three people, and you'll get driven down on price and margin, and and you know it'll be the same old same old same old. You know we lost it because they gave it away or whatever, or we won it because we dropped we dropped the price. You need to move above that and into what I call the relationship funnel, and 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 pe- some people have come up with different names for that, but that's where you're moving out of the traditional sales funnel, onto social, because that's where your customers are, and that's where you're engaging with with people or getting people to find you on social, and then what you can do is use your great sales skills to actually close things down before the competition.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, Does also it-, it also has the, the benefit of, of giving you more ample opportunity for creating awareness about who you are, yes. as, as opposed to the rifle shot Outbound
1: prospecting. Yes, and, and and so so for you know I've been um, I've been teaching a tele-sales team how to use social and really that's about you know you're on the phone and um, you know as you you phone somebody up you know one of the questions is can I link to you on 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 social media or on LinkedIn um, and and then LinkedIn provides you with a perfect nurture program. Um, so rather than using a marketo or an Elora or an acton or something like that to actually nurture people, you could do it within your own social profiles. So uh, um, uh, uh, an ex-colleague through, yeah, through the content you publish and share yeah, yeah so, and so, on, so right. you're putting out if you're putting out interesting content and I know people that are you know I'll give you an example uh, um, an ex colleague of mine, sales guy I worked with him. He was a new sales guy, and over three months, we wrote his LinkedIn profile, and he's selling into the education market, which in the the UK is public sector, which I, um, you know, is government. Um, And um, there's always been this thing in government, uh, and I've done my time in in selling into government, which is where they put out these terribly thick ITTs that you have to respond to, and they say right, RFPs, right, RFPs, yeah, and and you know, we're, we're we're putting out the tender. Um, you now need to respond to it, and and the person with the best one wins. And we all know that that is not actually the case. As soon as they put the tender out, you need to work out some way of actually getting into the organisation, and, and and actually controlling the sale, or, or or you know getting people to understand what you're doing. Um, and this person was in an ITT situation, and he put some content out on. Um, on LinkedIn, which was, you know, I've been getting him to, to think about some thought leadership pieces, to break down some infographics, put some interesting stuff around education, because, and, and building up as a thought leader in his in his own territory, and he put something out on LinkedIn, and somebody within the 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 CFO was a decision maker on this particular tender liked his um his piece on, uh, uh the, 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 his post on on LinkedIn. And for him, he phoned me up after that and he said, This is a changing moment. He says, I I realize that I can actually influence tender processes now by what I post on on social media. Exactly. Uh, and and so so it's you know, that's not just like the easy stuff, but that's actually the difficult stuff. Right. So I mean
0: you talk about it again in the book, is that getting back to this concept of the sales model has changed and and you put it in the context of the fact that as organizations become more digitally based, you know the, the interrupt-driven sales model just doesn't doesn't work as much because you, know, you, you put it that the salespeople are sort of bringing their own bias to what they're selling, whereas customers have all this access to information, so instead of being sold at, they are able to sort of make up their own mind what they need.
1: Yes, and, 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 I, and I think that's the case. I'm, I'm not saying that we should stop calling but in all of the, you know, in, a, in, in my previous role, um, you know, we, we did a lot of telesales and we would get a 5% response. So, for every 100 organizations we would bring up, five people said, yeah, I'm kind of interested. Can, can you come and see us? Um, so, uh, you know, it's still a response. Um, and then what we would do is that we would actually then there would be another 25 to 30 people who'd say yes but not in the next, you know, not now but maybe in three to six months and traditionally what I did with, with that was I would put something in my outlook to say give this person a call in three months time but now what I'm able to do is connect with them on social and actually nurture them as I'm going through the process. Now most organizations, if they say they're going to take three months, will probably be about five months. But there were one or two that would say, actually, there were three months, but I actually came back sooner than that. And and if they're watching you and they're seeing what you're posting and they like what you're saying and go, this person, you know, I think I can trust them. Um, this person obviously knows about my industry. This person obviously knows about the business issues that we're facing. And I'm not talking about posting corporate stuff I'm talking about stuff you know Harvard business review in um, um, uh, informations that they would actually see and possibly even use within their own business case mm-hmm. um, and and that sort of, and if you're posting that sort of stuff and showing that you know that you you're, you're that you know about this stuff and you know about that and and empathize with their business issues then they're, they're probably going to give you a call um, you know I, I, I do these podcasts Andy because I get inbound from it. I get a lot of people from um, a lot of people coming to me saying, "I've read the, um, I listened to the podcast with um, Andy, really like what you say. Can you come and talk to us, or something like that?" And and that's that's that for me is 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 a great way of getting business,
0: right? And it feeds into this concept that you talk about is that we're moving past not that we're completely past, obviously, but we're starting to move past the stage where you know, we sell at decision makers. But decision makers are using social as a way to educate themselves, even in advance perhaps of getting a proactive outbound call from somebody. But they're educating themselves and creating this awareness and interest.
1: Yes, I'm going to hesitate there. Because in the book we use the Google research that came out in November 2014. And that Google search pretty much said that the C-level people don't generally get what's going on in terms of Uber and stuff like that. They may have read an in-flight magazine, and, but they think socials for kids, and they've delegated decision making to a particular group of people, right. which we call in the book change makers. Exactly. Um, and there's a hashtag that we've been using as well for change makers. So Google see these um, uh, see these people. I'm not trying to be ageist. It could be less than this. It could be more than this. But they Google sees that the, these people are between the age of 28 and 35. And the reason why they, they're, they're, they're picking that, that age group is that they say they understand social. So they actually, they, they, under, they were around when text messaging first came out. And, um, and they also have the business acumen. Now, the text messaging or the, the, the social, the changemaker piece is, is interesting for salespeople because what happened with text messaging and mobiles is society changed. We went from a very hierarchical society to a very flat one. And what people learned when they got hold of text messages was that they could ask questions. So when I was at school, for example, it was very hierarchical. You know, whenever we did the homework, we would have to stand in line with the teacher and the teacher would mark it all. And, and, and if you got it wrong, you'd get a, 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 a clip around the ear. Whereas now teachers are very much part of the, the um, um, you know, you're, you're the, the part of the gang. They're part of the. the, the um, and if you don't know an answer to your physics homework, you can text them. Right. Uh, and and um, so so whereas I would have had to go and wait in the classroom and ask them to you can actually text them while you're actually you're actually doing it. And they can actually be watching something on the TV and helping people do their homework by using a mobile phone. And that and, and so this this uh, so every so this group of people in society is used to asking their network of questions. So if somebody comes out um, from you know sea level person says, the telephone system doesn't work, we need something or we need a new accounting system, they go to this people and say, "Can you find us what can you find us a good accounting system?" And they will go to their network and say, "Can you recommend a good accounting system?" And then their network will respond.
0: Well, and I have to admit, I mean, having read through that that research that you cited by Google, I mean my reaction was... Yeah, that's really nothing new. What's new is how they outreach for information. But yes. the fact is you're talking about middle management. I mean middle management fits that, that that demographic they put together in terms of the age range and so on. And and middle management, mm-hmm. quite honestly, is really almost always, in my opinion, in my experience, always driven change within organizations. Um, yes. So, the difference, yeah, so is, the difference yeah. is that social makes them visible. Yes. Where they were never really they were really hard to reach before, right? Because that's yes. why and,
1: I, and, and it allows you to scale. So you can be right. you don't have to be a um, you know a massive uh, US corporation to 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 win uh, deals. You can be, you know, two people um, exactly. in a garage and and social allows you to scale and to be in these people's networks. Um the other thing that that the, the um, uh, about this uh, that we see in organisations is that you know, I came from a background of Miller hyman and Holman Holden in terms of sales methodologies, where you had this this concept of this internal salesperson, where they would take your Proposition and go Mm -hmm. and sell it internally, and they would give you information about. Well, you need to go and talk to this person because they don't, they don't like your organisation or they had a bad experience. Your champion, your advocate, yeah. So you'd need a champion and advocate. Now you still need that, but now you actually need a different. You actually need a a, another person. Now it may actually be this this the same as your champion, but generally, then they're actually um, they're actually vendor agnostic, so if we take a step back, if you think about anything that we're selling into companies now, probably they've got it. Or if they haven't, you, you've, you, you're going to have to convince them quite hard. So whatever you're selling, there probably has to have change taking place in that organization for them, somebody to support it. Now, every company since um, the dot-com um, bust started writing business cases. We all do that. Everybody can provide a business case. But what we're looking for is somebody in that organization that will put their hand up, probably vendor agnostic and say, I will actually, I I actually will take on this, this project as change and I will support this in the organization. And so, salespeople need to be not only having their champion, but looking for this 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 person, this change maker, who will actually support the change in 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 the selling process.
0: Right. I mean, to me, that would be ultimately the same person, right?
1: I mean, it, it's just it, it's just at it,
0: your point, is they're going to be agnostic for deeper into the buying process it, than they might it, be originally.
1: Yes, it could be, or it might not be. So, if you take um, uh, the the CEB um, um, figures, which are that there are, you know, in any sale, 5.4 people will be involved. Um, they've got a new figure coming out in September that is now
0: 6.7. <laughs> I'm laughing because so, only because, yeah, I, again, that's another one of these things that, that from my own experience, and perhaps from yours as well, it's really not too different than it's been. It's it's always
1: been like that, right, Andy? I, I you know there's there's you know I've I've always explained to salespeople that at the end of the day there is a meeting, a committee meeting where they get together and they say are we going to pick are we going to pick supplier A or B, um, and and you need the people around the room to say they, they, who put their hand up for yours. Now I'm I'm being I'm you know I'm simplifying the, the situation, but you know that's really kind of what your end game is, but. But what I think people have, what the, from the evidence that I'm seeing is that I'm seeing that sh- sales sales cycles are shortening but buying cycles are getting longer so the customer is spending more time mm-hmm. actually doing the research and and as a number of people will say to me over LinkedIn well they need to talk to me because they, they and when they come to me they're completely confused they may well be um, and they may actually need a salesperson to actually sort it all out. You know, if you're selling a 200 million outsourcing deal to a big bank, you're going to have a different relationship to somebody who may be selling, you know, a, a, mem- a networking membership for, for you know, uh, $5,000. But, but at the end of the day, when people are going out and actually looking for these things... That things have got so complex because there's not only the you know that there'll be the the person that will be the supplier outsourcing deal at two hundred million dollars, but there will also be ten cloud vendors that say, well, why would you want to do that? You might as well just get a whole new cloud platform, and you can buy this platform and this platform and this platform. So, so the, the 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 amount of choice that customers have now certainly within in the IT industry and, and in lots of industries has now got has got more complex which is why people are taking longer or the buying process is taking longer
0: right but you you make this to this point which i think is actually really one of the essential points of the book is that the perspective to look at social selling is really more as a different way of buying yes you know yeah. that that people it's it's social media you know creating a different way for customers to gather and evaluate information than they were using previously.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so as, a, as a salesperson, you're traditionally what you did was you pushed. And what you need to be doing now is pulling. And you need to be putting out content or information that will educate um, your, your buyers. And that's completely different from going out and there saying 30 you know, special offer 30% this week. You know, there's a, there's a, um, a company in the UK that sells furniture and, and, you know, the joke is that they, they, every week they have a sale to the point where nobody believes them anymore. They just go there and they buy it, but they, they know that, you know, they'll, they'll always say that, you know, this, this offer ends this week and they go, no, 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 you're going to have one next week. Um, so, uh, yes, you're going out and you're teaching people. And, and you know, the, the classic would be the, you know, 10, if, if you're selling telephone systems, you know, the 10 things you need to know about buying a telephone system. And in that, you interweave your unique selling points and your um, your value proposition, like we've already always done. But if you think about when we're going out and buying, if we don't know anything about telephone systems, what we want to happen when we go to Google or, or, or find your content is to actually be educated and go yeah i never thought about that before yeah i need to get call holding or you know how oh yeah i not thought about you know voicemail yeah that's probably really important
0: but then the next step though and you talk about this in the book that i think is is important for people to understand is that yeah they may have done the the search on google for you know certain capabilities or certain content but then they may also go out and query their social networks about what their experience has been, you know, evaluating, procuring this type of product. And if you're a sales rep and you've got a territory and you're you're listening on social, suddenly this creates information and intelligence for you.
1: Yes, and and there's a, there's, a, there's also a side um, around which I talk about in their book about creating community. Now, if we think about um, the the, the the house where I live in, in London now, uh, we moved here about 18 months ago. And, and when we moved in, the first thing we said to our neighbors was, do you know any good window cleaners? And do you know a good cleaner? And do you know a good gardener? And we all got recommended people. And one of the things about community is that is that immediately is, is not only that you start getting inbound, but you also start getting recommended and the great thing about community, if your community is strong, and I see this amongst my community of of 150, 155,000 followers, is that people will make will make recommendations, and they don't expect to get a monetary gain from it. So, and and you'll see people helping people as well, um, and and not expecting to get a monetary gain from it. And and when that happens within your territory. That you you, you that you you've marked out on social, and you're listening to what's going on, and you're hearing people going out to the um uh to the market and saying, you know, I I I need to get a telephone system. Does anybody know anything about them? Can you help me? But you'll also find that there's people outside of your network saying you need to talk to Tim because he's really good at telephone systems, and we bought one from him, and it's been fantastic. And, and and it's and again you're going to say we've always done that yes it's it's word of mouth and referrals but what we're doing it in it, the difference is that we're doing it on social media and we're doing it at scale
0: yeah which I think is incredibly exciting that we have that opportunity and occasion, you know, ability to do that these days I mean because you talk yeah. about this concept in your in your book about ideation which sort of drives a little bit what you were just talking about is that. Um, yeah people are using their social networks their community to gather this information yeah you know, not just about particular vendors but about what are they what are the solutions right what are the opportunities to to come up with a solution for the problem they have and it's not being driven by sales it's being driven by the customers
1: yes yes uh, my, I, <laughs> i'm just i'm just smiling because i know that matt used the word ideation it's not a word that i would use but yes um, uh, yeah, I, I, and, that, and that's something that we've seen as being, you know, as been a change that the the customer now is in charge of the buying process, and and it doesn't matter what how the salesperson may try and get in control of it. At the end of the day, the the the, the customer is, you know, the the, the, the shift in power has taken place. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think we've seen that happening, and we've all made the comment that you know the buyer is in charge and been doing that for several years, but. But it's becoming increasingly the case, you know. If there's been any doubters, uh, you know, a book like yours and what's happening in the market should hopefully put those doubts to rest in terms of how they should be selling.
1: Well, I'm I'm hoping so, Andy. I mean, we we you know the the um, uh, the book's going really well. Um, we've already had uh, I, I've already had two organizations, small organizations. One is a Sage partner, and one is an Oracle partner buy the book outright for their sales and marketing people. So that was 10 copies in one go. And I've just got a big brand. I, I'm not able to mention them at the moment. We're doing a launch in September, but they've bought 70 copies for the whole of their salespeople. So it's the it, it's really the way that Matt and I always wanted to write this the, 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 the book was to, to, to provide salespeople now with a manual and a, and a, and a um, a, a booklet that they can use to sell in, in um, the connected economy. Mm-hmm. Because much as I, I, I love the challenger sale and the challenger customer books um, and lots of other sales books, they generally either say, right, there's a problem and they don't give you a solution. And what Matt and I wanted to do was actually provide you, we, we, we kind of expect the person who picks the book up, they already know that they have a problem, but they're looking for the solution. Uh, and, I, and, I, and one other story that I'll say is that when one of the things that we were really concerned about was it would become like a fluffy marketing book. And I'm a salesperson, I'm not a marketeer, and I'd been for a meeting, um, the way that Matt and I worked is that for each chapter we would brainstorm it one evening and then the person would write it at the, the chapter at the, at the weekend. And the first brainstorming session we had, um, I'd been for a meeting in the morning and a sales leader had leant across the desk. And I'm not going to use the profanity that he, that he used, but he basically said to me, Tim, this social selling stuff is all, all very interesting, but where are the leads? And and I relayed this story to Matt, and he said, "This is fantastic." This we're, every time that we brainstorm a chapter, we're going to use, and I'm going to say, "Not the reality." The <laughs> where are the leads? And, what I we, and, and we we you know we would sit, we would in any the evening we would brainstorm a chapter, and then we'd say, "That okay, I think this is a bit fluffy." Okay, so where where how can we monetize this? How can we actually get leads from this? How can we actually be using social to, to help people progress, and how can they actually be winning business? And so the book is about selling, and and, and I, you know, I, marketers should actually read it um, because I think they need to understand now. You know, we need to be thinking about marketing and selling together. Um, but um, you know, this book was written for, for to help salespeople to make that transition from re- really analog to digital. Right. Okay, well, great. Well, the last segment of the
0: show, I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests, and since you've been on the show before, I had to come up <laughs> with new questions. Excellent. So, so the first question is, what's the single biggest challenge facing sales professionals today?
1: The, I, I would say most of the salespeople I understand get social. But they go back to their organisations, and the sales management don't support it, and that could be down to all kinds of dem- dem- um, demographic reasons. Um, and I'm sure you know the sales management have other challenges, uh, but that's probably the number one. Th- I, I get a lot of people coming to me saying, "My management don't get this." I, you know, I, I and and. What what can I do to change it?
0: Okay, so that was the follow up question. What's the the most important piece of advice you'd give that sales
1: professional about that challenge? Okay, so I'm going to plug the book. So in in the book, I do actually talk about how you can um, pitch the, how you can pitch internally to different people, the CFO, the marketing director, the sales director, uh, the the benefits of a social selling program. And so there's this kind of if you're going to sell the just, um, social pro- selling program, you need to do it two ways. One is top down and the other is bottom up. So top down, I talk about in the book about how you need to to, to talk to these different people. Um, the metrics that they kind of would be w- w- would be wanting to, to hear about, and also what I would do is do it bottom up, which is either you or a couple of people get together and and, and form a pilot, and, you know, build a pilot, and actually show that there is a um, um, a, a benefit to actually doing social. Um, at my my previous role, I used to have a sales guy whose dog had 2,000 followers on Twitter. So it was quite easy (laughs) going to Andy and say, Andy, we're thinking of doing this. Do you think it would fly? And it would be I don't think so. Well, yeah, okay, let me have a go. And then he'd do something and then the other sales people would go, how did you do that? He said, well, I just contacted them. You know, How did you get in to see this person? Well, I just sent them an email or I just contacted them over Twitter or whatever. And, and, um, and, and it was that point where you had that, 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 that salesperson to salesperson bond of, of um, saying and, and that's, that's really how we certainly started some of the, um, the momentum and, and getting rid of some of the inertia mm-hmm. of, the, of the selling program. So top down and bottom up.
0: Okay. And last question. So what's one behavior that sales professionals need to master they would make a huge difference on their sales a behavior not a skill but
1: a behavior um the the, the in terms of the behavior i i the, the one thing that i learned very early on was to shut up um and um and people quite often, th- I remember when I was in the meeting and I came out and that person said, you don't know a lot, do you? I said, is that? I said, well, you kept asking stupid questions. <laughs> I said, no. I said, well, look at this page. Look at the information that we've got. He said, yeah, but they were like stupid questions. I said, well, they might have been stupid to you, but I mean, it was all about getting information and finding out, you know, it was, a, you know, we were selling a supply chain system and we needed to understand the metrics around the throughput of the warehouse right, right. And, and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, we've got all that. You know, we can actually go away and actually build them a very quick business case that we can present at the demo. Oh, I never thought about it like that, they said. So it, it, it was, you know, what um, age shutting up? And then and, and I do I am well known for asking what some people think are stupid questions. Usually what happens is I have to tell the person if I'm going with somebody, I have to tell the person because they start answering them for the customer oh <laughs> and, 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 or, or, or like or like like you know, no 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 that's a stupid question tip. it's like no 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 this oh. is the whole point of of, of <laughs> us we need to understand what the what the what the customer about you know more than what we've just learned right. on the website so you
0: have to tell your your sales partner you sit there and shut up
1: yeah yeah, yeah it's like yeah now I'm gonna go in and ask some stupid questions and let them answer
0: yeah <laughs> I love it oh great well Tim thanks for joining me again and You're welcome. uh tell people how they can find out more about you and your book
1: okay so yes um, my book is social selling techniques to influence buyers and change makers it's on all Amazon platforms I've got um, 10 five star reviews on amazon.co.uk and complete another 10 on amazon.com so if you're unsure about uh, buying it then you know read the reviews Um, uh, but you can find it on um, on Amazon I'm Timothy underscore Hughes on Twitter so that's T-I-M-O-T-H-Y underscore H-U-G-H-E-S. I'm also Timothy Hughes on LinkedIn. Please come and contact me. Please follow me. Please engage with me. I'm more than happy to take questions um, after this. I'm happy to connect with people. So please, you know, don't hold back and please make those connections. And and Andy, thank you for inviting me again on your your podcast.
0: I'll just say that from your perspective, there are no such thing as stupid questions.
1: There are no stupid questions. Yeah, trust me. Feel free
0: to ask them. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And an easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate a part of your daily routine, listening on your commute, in the gym, or make it part of your morning sales meeting. That way, you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Tim Hughes, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's
1: guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.